Welcome to the Thyroid Fixer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amy, and we're diving deep into the world of hormones, especially for all you fierce women in perimenopause and menopause and anyone dealing with hypothyroidism. If you're struggling with weight gain, you feel like shedding those pounds is an impossible feat. If you're dealing with plummeting energy levels, gut-wrenching fatigue, or a libido that seems to have left town, then you're in the right place. And don't even get me started on the hair loss. If these symptoms are sounding all too familiar, you sound your tribe. Welcome, because my goal is to educate, empower, and shake up your world. I want you to embrace every inch of that badass woman that you truly are. So if you're ready to dive in and fix things, let's get started. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound... Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. I'm going to give you a thyroid checklist. Are you doing these things? So first of all, if you're in the Girl Fix Your Thyroid Facebook group, love you to death. So happy you're there. If you're not, you're going to want to jump in there because I have been in other thyroid groups on Facebook. And number one, most of the time, it's just people getting it out, venting, which I'm totally okay with. I mean, you can vent away. We support you. We love you. And then sometimes it's just people giving each other really bad advice. And I'm a firm believer that every Facebook group out there needs an expert in it to give the accurate advice. Like, no, you don't want to just take more vitamin D if your T3 is low. That's not going to cut it. No, don't take a multi-level marketing supplement if you can't lose weight. Fix your thyroid and hormones. Let's get some accurate advice out there. But this podcast came from me seeing questions in these other groups and in the Girl Fix Your Thyroid Facebook group. So I compiled all these frequently asked questions and put them into one episode, a nice quickie checklist, call it a thyroid 101. And this is not just for beginners. This is for all of you. I don't care if you've been diagnosed for years or decades, go through this checklist and see what you're doing and what you're not doing. Because if you're not in optimization land, you need to go through this checklist and see where you land. Okay, first of all, medication timing. So when we are talking about taking your thyroid medication, in previous episodes, many of you have heard me say, you can take T4 at night before you go to bed because there are studies out there that show that when T4 is taken right before bed, it increases absorption. So what ends up happening is all the markers move in the right direction. 
Now, is T4, we're going to get to the T4 only debacle. Is T4 only the way to go? No, absolutely not. But let's say that you are in the sick medicine system. That's all you have is T4 only. I'm so sorry. It's never going to get you optimized. But at least by taking it at night, you can maybe improve that conversion, improve the absorption, lower your TSH, possibly convert that T4 more so over to the active form T3 than if you were to take it in the morning. And taking it at night also kind of, it makes it easier for people who like to drink coffee. I know it's sometimes difficult in the morning when you wake up to leave that hour between your medication and coffee or food or supplements. So if you're on T4 only, you could take it at night. Now here's the caveat to this. If you're on T4 and T3, or if you're on Armour or NP, then you're just going to want to take it in the morning. Then don't bother with the nighttime dosing. Just take it in the morning because why not? You're still going to have to wait that hour. There's no point in taking your T3 in the morning and taking your T4 at night. Just take them together in the morning because you still have to wait that hour before drinking coffee, before eating, before taking your supplements. So you still want to do that. If you are on T3, T4, T3, Armour, NP, any kind of natural desiccated thyroid, The rule is one hour, no food, no coffee, no other supplements. Now, this even goes for something like thyroid fixer, which is T2. It is a thyroid hormone. Yes, T2 is a thyroid hormone. We will find T2 in your natural desiccated thyroid medication in very, very low amounts. It's not enough to raise your base metabolic rate. You really need 150 to 300 micrograms to increase your BMR, but it is found in the NDT. But because it's inside of a capsule, and I get this question a lot, because it's inside of a capsule, we don't want that capsule because most capsules are made of, like they're the vegetarian. So with that capsule, we don't want that material binding with your thyroid medication. Now, if you opened up thyroid fixer and just put the powder into your mouth and swallowed it, then sure, you could technically take it at the same time as your thyroid medication. It's not the supplement itself per se. It's the capsule around it. Think of it like as if you're eating food, right? When you eat food and you eat that food with your medication, some of it's going to get bound up. It's not going to just be your medication in your stomach getting broken down and absorbed. Now your body has to take care of the food. And same thing with the capsule. It has to break down that capsule, release stomach acid, break down that capsule. And now it's doing multiple things at one time instead of just breaking down your thyroid medication, getting it into your bloodstream so it can do what it's supposed to do. That's why we leave that one hour. Now, T3 people, T3 only peeps, you have a little bit more leeway But again, I don't care what you read on forums, what your doctor said, what your functional practitioner said. Maybe you can get away with a half an hour with T3 only if you're in optimization land. Do you really want to roll the dice? If you're struggling with those extra 20, 30, 50 pounds, you can't lose weight no matter what you do. The weight keeps coming on. You're tired all the time. You're losing your hair. Oh, but I read on a forum that T3 has a little more leeway and really I don't have to take it on an empty stomach. I don't have to wait an hour. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead and do that and get back to me and let me know how you're doing. Why would you roll that dice? Why not take the damn T3 by itself and let it be absorbed? And I don't care if you crush it, 
put it under your tongue, let it dissolve, chew it up or swallow it whole. I still want you to leave that amount of time. Now, arguably, if you do let it dissolve sublingually under your tongue, if you do chew it up and keep that powder in your mouth and let it have that mucosal absorption, does that kind of cut down on the amount of time that you have to wait? Yeah, because there's more immediate absorption. But still, I'm going to argue, if you are struggling with symptoms, why in the world would you roll that dice? Why? Okay, my T4 only peeps. I'm so sorry. Thyroid checklist number two. Are you on T4 only? If you are, it's just, it's it's time. It's time to move on. It's time to fire your doctor. We're going to get into the doctors at the very end here. But if you're on T4 only and you're with someone that says that's all you need and they just keep raising your T4 and giving you more and more and more and then lowering it and then raising it and you're really not feeling any better with any change that they're doing because they're just looking at your TSH. That's why they're bringing it up. That's why they're taking it down. They're only looking at that TSH marker thyroid stimulating hormone. That's a pituitary hormone. It's not a thyroid hormone. And they are doing you a disservice, borderline medical malpractice. So if you are on T4 only, you are never, ever, ever, ever going to get better. We will never see you in optimization land. You can pretty much count on another 20 pounds coming on and you're not going to live your best quality life from now until the day that you leave this earth. So if you want to stay there and live a mediocre life, by all means, but if you want to stop complaining, get rid of your symptoms and come into optimization land, you're going to need some T3. And then that becomes the nuanced part. I can't tell you how much T3. I can't tell you, maybe, maybe you're T3 only. Maybe you don't need the T4 at all. Maybe you need, just need a tiny little amount. Maybe you need a large amount with a large amount of T3. I don't know. Maybe you need armor plus T3. I don't know. My patients are on a variety of different combinations. Why? Because we find the medication and the dose that's going to work for them. It's called personalized medicine. And that's what every single practitioner out there should be doing, but they're not. So maybe you need armor plus T3. Maybe you need T3 only. Maybe you need Synthroin and T3. Maybe you need NP and T3. I don't know, but we have to figure it out for you. But I can tell you this, T4 only is not going to work. And a stat that I continue throwing out, and, and again, I'm in these other Facebook groups seeing the same question over and over again. My doctor put me on Levo. My doctor put me on Levo. I'm only on Levo. My doctor increased my Levo. I'm not getting any better. I have all these symptoms. Duh. Because T4 only only works in 2% of the population. And that 2%, I would like them standing in front of me. I bet you they're overweight, fatigued all the time, and have a variety of other health conditions like type 2 diabetes. I bet you they're on a statin. I bet you they're on an antidepressant. I bet you their hair is falling out. And they probably don't poop every day. Give me that 2%. Show me that 2%. You know, I was sitting next to a woman on a plane. This is a couple of years ago. And we were talking thyroid. And she told me, she, oh, well, I'm optimized. I'm on T4 only. I'm fine. And I just, you know, shook my head and I was like, yeah, okay. And I asked her if she had any symptoms. No, nope, no. Nope. But meanwhile, her hair was as thin as my grandma's was. Like you could see her scalp. Now, could that be estradiol? Yes, it could. Massive hair loss. And she was easily 50 pounds overweight. Now, listen, you can carry extra weight and love your body and that is fine. But when you are at a weight where it's not even good for your body to be carrying around, we know that excess body fat and obesity increases your risk of all diseases, increases all-cause mortality. So I don't care if you are rocking a heavier bod, that's great, but you have to look at your health. 
at how is your health being affected? And for that reason, I would argue that T4 only is not quite working for her. Now she could be eating sheets at McDonald's and, and just be loving her life, living that way. That's fine. I don't anticipate that that she's going to live a very long life doing that. I don't know what she was doing lifestyle-wise, but my point is, is that she claimed that she was optimal. And I'm going to argue optimal equals best health. And best health does not equal an extra 50 to 100 pounds. So we need to get that off. I mean, even if we get off 20 of that 50, 30 of that 50, you're going to be in a better health position overall. Okay, too much selenium, wrong supplements. This is all kind of tied together. Again, what I see on these forums is that people saying that selenium is the be all end all. Just take selenium because I have a thyroid problem. And then you're all out there taking 200 milligrams of selenium every single day, right? Did your ears just perk up? Oh yeah, that's right. That's what my selenium supplement is. It's too much. High selenium will also increase your reverse T3. That will put you in survival mode. We don't want that. Taking something like D2 instead of D3 for vitamin D, wrong. Taking cheap ass magnesium that you bought at Sam's Club or Costco, Walmart or the grocery store, it's probably magnesium citrate. It's gonna make you poop only. You need multiple magnesiums to support your thyroid function. So taking the wrong supplements or just, again, any supplement out there that you're, if it's cheap, if you bought it at any one of those big box stores that I just mentioned, it is going to be cheap. Listen, I have talked to you about this before. Supplement manufacturers, I worked in the supplement industry, oh, I don't know, how old am I now? 30 years ago. And it is appalling what goes on behind the scenes in the big, big supplement industries and big supplement companies. This is why I always say, buy your supplements from an individual owned company, if that makes sense. So like I own Fixer Supplements. Josh Axe used to own Ancestral Supplements, then he sold it. I'm trying to think of others. Uh, Dr. Chris Shade owns Quicksilver. You know, there are those, and back in my day, Lee Labrada owned Labrada. Rich Gaspari owned Gaspari Nutrition. When it's those individual owners, there's quality because it comes back to our name. So there's higher quality standards that we put on our line. And ultimately, we end up paying more for the bulk product and for that particular product to be manufactured because we're using high quality ingredients. When you start getting into Nature's Made, Swanson, I don't know, what are all those ones that you can find on the shelves at Sam's Club? Those are huge manufacturers. And back in my day, even the bodybuilding days, Muscle Tech. Muscle Tech was ginormous. They would take out nine page ads in Muscle and Fitness Magazine. You'd see them everywhere. They spent more on advertising than they did on the quality of product itself. And the shit that goes on behind the scenes in the supplement industry, they will actually sell expired or near expired bulk product to the manufacturers that sell to those big box stores because they know that most of the time people don't really care about their health. They're walking in Sam's Club, they're grabbing the vitamin D and they're grabbing a mag because they heard it or read it or a probiotic, whoever, Sally Field or some star or whatever gave an Activia commercial and they figure that, oh, I'm going to heal my gut with this probiotic. Cheap as hell. You are putting in cheap, ineffective products into your system And my argument is 
you know, you didn't just save 10 bucks shopping there because it was $10 cheaper and buying it online. You just wasted 10 and you're putting stuff in your body that you have no idea what it is or how long it's been sitting around. And it's probably not going to do anything either. Okay. Supplements by high quality. I'd rather you take one or two high quality supplements than take five garbage supplements. Labs, 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 labs. Next up on the checklist is labs and when to get them. All right, thyroid labs. I want you to hear me, every single one of you out there, 18 to 24 hours with no thyroid medication before your labs. Anything with T3 in it, 18 to 24 hours with no medication before your labs. If you go less than 18, you will get an abnormally high number. I saw this in one of the groups too. My doctor told me to go get my labs done right after I took my medication and then she freaked out because my T3 was high. I don't, I mean, that kind of doctor just should be fired on the spot because number one, she didn't even realize that taking T3 would increase the person's T3. She told her to do that and then freaked out afterwards. So taking T3 of any kind too close to your labs is going to give you an abnormally false high free T3. I shared a while back that I didn't experiment on myself because I experiment to bring it back to you guys. I didn't experiment on myself. I took my T3 medication. I went four hours later and my free T3 was indetectably high. It was off the charts. Now, any doctor that would catch that would freak out and I would lose my T3 and I would be 20 pounds heavier in two weeks and clinically depressed. So do not take your T3 unless you want to lose all the progress that you just made being on T3. Even if you're on a teeny tiny amount, hold on to that for dear life because you need it, as we talked about in what checklist number two. You want to give that amount of time to get an accurate picture. Now, there's a flip side. If you go 26, 30, 36 hours, now your T3 is going down the other side. Now it's going to abnormally plummet low and we won't be able to dose you properly. So you want to stay in that 18 to 24 hour mark. And then you also want to make sure that you pick a time and you stay with that time every single time you get labs or you're not going to have an apple to apple comparison. So if we look at your labs now and you went 20 hours and your T3 is a 3.2 and you go in six to eight weeks, we check it again and you just couldn't get there in time. So you ended up going 27 hours and then you're like, why did my T3 drop? Now it's a 2.6. Well, no kidding. You went longer. It's not, we can't even compare. We can't compare the last time and say, oh, you you went low. We need to change your dose. We have no idea. We actually have to send you back so you can do it the right way and go the same amount of time as you did the last time. If you are doing hormones and you are a cycling woman, you are still having a regular cycle, then we want to test those hormones days 19 to 22 of your cycle. If you are irregularly cycling, skipping months at a time, then we just try to time it as best as we can, as best as you can remember from your last period. If you are in menopause, don't worry about it. You can go at any time for your hormones. That's a big question I always get. Timing of labs. Okay, we're keeping going on the checklist. Exercising too hard, that is detrimental to your thyroid. I want you lifting heavy shit. We talked about that before in a previous episode. 
but I don't want you going crazy. If you are a cardio queen, that is going to downregulate your thyroid. It's going to increase cortisol. It's going to increase your glucose. It's going to increase inflammation. It's not going to burn fat. You're going to burn your lean muscle tissue. If you're doing CrossFit seven days a week, if you're going to the gym twice a day because you're really frustrated and you want to lose the weight and you think that doing more cardio will get you there, I feel you. I've been there. And I can tell you that's not the right thing to do. Exercising too hard will downregulate your thyroid not enough calories. So you're restricting, restricting, restricting because you just can't lose the weight because your thyroid isn't optimized because you're working with conventional medicine who has you on T4 only and is only testing TSH. So what you do is you restrict your calories because anything that you eat turns to fat, but in restricting calories, you downregulate your own thyroid production. So now you're sending yourself more into a hypo state and your own T3 can't be made. You're already not working with the right person. They already have you on T4 only, or you, you're being given five to 10 micrograms of T3, which is again, enough for maybe your cat or your pinky toe. Then why would you do something to further plummet your own T3 production? And I will say this again. I've said this in previous episodes. It is worth saying again, if you are a thyroidectomy patient, if you do not have a thyroid because it was taken out or radioactive iodine, it is a medical crime to put you on T4 only. I guess we could kind of compile that with a second point in the checklist, but it ties into this as well. It ties into my rant right now. It is a medical crime to put someone without a thyroid on T4 only because you no longer have the gland that produces T3. So yeah, I mean, I guess really over-exercising and under-eating It'll shut down your metabolism, but it's not going to shut down your thyroid production because you don't have one and you're not even on T3. Now, that being said, the T4 that your doctor is giving you, if you exercise too hard or restrict calories, that is also a stressor on the body and that can increase conversion issues. So that can push up your reverse T3 and it could essentially make you worse. So if you're on T4 only and you're restricting just get away from whatever doctor you're with, for God's sake, because this is a cascade. You're on the T4 only, you're restricting your calories, you're over-exercising, you're getting frustrated, the T4 only isn't working anyway, so you do all these things. Now you're increasing your reverse T3, that's putting your body in survival mode, so you're going to gain more weight, you're going to become more fatigued, and you're just going to keep on running on a, what, treadmill. Huh, no pun intended. You're going to run on a treadmill forever. You're going to be a cardio queen forever. You're going to be spinning your wheels, hamster wheel. All right, what about carnivore for too long or keto for too long? This can have an effect. Now, I have carnivore and keto peeps out there that are rocking their life. They're doing such a great job keeping the inflammation low. They know what works for their body. They have fine-tuned it. They have total control over their eating. They know exactly what works and they do it and they listen to their body. So if they are ever in that state where the body is producing too much cortisol because they see that that carnivore and restricted carbohydrate intake via keto is a little bit too much for their system, their cortisol is going up, they back off. They add in a high carb day. They do keto for the week and bump it up on the weekends. But if you're doing it again out of frustration because you're on T4 only and you're just trying anything, you're just trying, 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 watch yourself because carnivore for too long can actually backfire. And when you increase your cortisol in some people, I'm not going to make this general, in some people, if you combine a carnivore diet with 
let's say life stress. So I had that episode on a patient that her numbers got all out of whack. She basically became diabetic, not because of how she was eating, not because of her thyroid and hormones, but because she is under large amounts of stress taking care of her parents. I have another patient that I saw her labs and she's traveling a crap ton for work. Work has her all stressed out. She's basically eating carnivore and her A1C is a 5.7. So even our glucose will respond and you think, well, wait a minute, I'm doing this carnivore thing. I'm doing keto to keep my insulin and glucose low. Yes, but watch it. Because if your A1C and your insulin goes up, then that particular diet might not be right for you. You might need to actually incorporate in a lot more vegetables, maybe the occasional sweet potato. And I don't mean, I mean, there really is a fine line. There's a there's a happy medium, rather. I keep using the term Polito. Somebody's probably going to steal it one day, but I actually did buy the domain. And one day... I might write this book for y'all, but just combine the best of keto and paleo to where you don't have to go plummeting your carbohydrates to the depths of nowhere. You can have good carbohydrates and just kind of fall in the middle. You know, have a little bit of organic grass-fed dairy. I know paleo says no dairy. Keto says way too much dairy. How about we meet in the middle? Paleo says you can eat sweet potatoes. Keto says, no, sweet potatoes are bad. How about we meet in the middle? How about you keep your carbohydrates moderate and maybe have some low-carb days, do some carb cycling, but find that happy medium so that you're not going to extremes and stressing out your body. On the lines of stress, not enough sleep. We've talked about this. If you do not get enough sleep, you're creating inflammation in your body. That's another stressor. Here goes the cortisol. Cortisol goes up, insulin goes up, glucose goes up, and you are in a fat storage mode. We can actually produce type 2 diabetes by restricting your sleep for five nights. How about that? Five nights of not enough sleep. I can give you diabetes. I could probably put on at least 10 pounds on your body just by effing up your sleep for, I don't know, a couple of weeks. That is how impactful sleep is. And we don't want to hear it because a lot of you don't want to go to bed by 10. Your night owls, you stay up till midnight or one. You're on a swing shift. You're on a night shift. You're sleeping in too long, whatever it is, your sleep is whacked and you're standing there going, I don't know why I don't feel good. Why can't I get my thyroid optimized? Why are my hormones out of whack? It's because you're literally causing yourself to be in an inflamed disease state because you're not sleeping and you're not sleeping properly and you're not getting in that rest and repair and restore time of 10 p.m. to 2 a.m not controlling stress. So we just talked about stress, 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 cortisol, cortisol, inflammation. If you don't control for your stress or at least do things, now we can't control everything. My patient can't control taking care of her parents. My other patient can't control traveling for her job. There are things that we can't control, but we better jump in and figure out what we can. What can we change to lower our stress and to better deal with it? What can we do for our bodies to deal with our past trauma? so that it doesn't affect us ongoing and have a huge impact on our health, on our bodies. What can we do? Because when we're talking adrenals, and if you go back just two, three episodes and listen to the stress episode, I went through my patient's labs that she just got, and we can see the effect of stress on labs. Now for her, her adrenal glands are tanked out, tanked out low. And because of that low marker, what that tells me is that she's been under this chronic stress for a long time. So her adrenal glands are pumping out cortisol. 
until they said, all right, piss off. No more. We're not working anymore. And now she's low cortisol. Now remember, T3 needs cortisol. Cortisol needs T3. If we're not producing enough cortisol and we're flatline low, that is going to affect our thyroid function. That's going to affect how our bodies utilize T3. She might become more sensitive to T3 or she might need more. She might not feel the effects of it even on a high dose. It can go across the board. And then if you're high, high, high cortisol and you're pumping out that cortisol because you're in that acute stress state or you're exercising too much, not eating enough calories, that acute stress of the day, then what's going to happen is that elevated cortisol bumps up your glucose, puts you in that inflammatory state. That can actually trigger an autoimmune response. If you have Hashimoto's, here comes that autoimmune attack. The soldiers come out, they attack your thyroid. They might move somewhere else, start attacking your joints, your, your gut, whatever. We'll see other autoimmune conditions, but you also get that Hashimoto's flare, which downregulates your own thyroid production. And then you go, wait, why am I tired now all of a sudden? I was doing fine. Why is the scale going back up? I was doing really well. Stress. Stress, stress, and stress. You did this to yourself. You didn't control your stress. You didn't, and again, let me pause. I am giving leeway for the life things that we can't control. We all have stressful events daily, basically. If you get through a day without stress, that's a darn good day. Strap in and get ready for tomorrow because there's probably going to be stress coming down your pipe tomorrow. But if we can do what we can do, I'll put it that way. Do what we can do. Do the deep breathing. Go for a walk. Do some hot yoga. Jump in a sauna. Five minutes, 10 minutes. We all have that. We all have that. And we know that that will help our adrenals, lower that cortisol response, lower the stress response. Now, piggybacking on that is testosterone, not addressing your testosterone. Testosterone lowers antibodies, lowers Hashimoto antibodies and makes us more resilient to stress. So if you are just addressing your thyroid and you are neglecting your hormones, or if you are working with someone, which I also saw in the Facebook groups, if you're working with someone who only addresses thyroid, but they're not even paying attention to your hormones, that's wrong. We need to do both, both and. We have to look at your thyroid and we have to look at your hormones at the same time. And then finally wrapping this up on this checklist, relying on an endocrinologist. Oh my God, I, I saw this so many times. Again, in the Facebook groups, well, I went to my endo and maybe I'll find another endo. And I went to this endo and, and they only tested TSH. Yeah, if you keep going to endos, you're going to be on that vicious cycle. You're going to be on that merry-go-round of never, ever, ever finding answers and getting worse and going down that path of just complaining about your symptoms and never having an answer because the endos are going to test TSH. The endos are going to give you T4. That is it. That is called standard of care. They, will, they have learned in med school that for the thyroid, you test TSH. If it's above a 4.5, you give T4. And if it's still above a 4.5, you give more T4. And if it goes below a 1, you give less T4 because God forbid it's suppressed. Wrong, 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 wrong. So on your checklist, if you're relying on your endo, we'll see you um, whenever you're ready, really. But we'll probably see you about 20 pounds heavier, more fatigued relationships hurting, marriages hurting, because it's really hard for the spouse to understand why you feel like garbage and why you keep bouncing from doctor to doctor, hoping for a different answer. I have told this story before, I'll tell it again. I have been in practice for now, probably about 27, 28 years. I have worked with patients in about nine different countries, all 50 states, parts of Canada, Mexico, New Zealand, Spain, Italy, the UK, 
Australia, South America, on and on and on. And I started keeping a list. Anytime I would hear about a good endocrinologist, I wrote it down. I kept a list. On that list, I have three, had three. They're just not out there. The endocrinologists are just not out there. The good ones are not out there. I know they have endocrine in their name, but that doesn't mean that they know the endocrine system. And then finally, relying on your PCP to know your thyroid. The thyroid is a nuanced art. So are hormones. So if you continue relying, now, listen, I'm going to back up. If I kept a list of good PCPs, that would be longer than the list of good endos. There are good PCPs out there. In my group program, my group program is where those people in the program have an open-minded and willing PCP, OBGYN, nurse practitioner, PA, a friend that wants them better, that will prescribe anything. There are good ones out there. I'm not saying that they're not, but there are more bad than good, which is why we have, what's the stat? 16 million, I want to say. 16 million, right? Maybe it's 32 million Americans with diagnosed hypothyroidism. And then we have half of that number, whether it's 8 million or 16 million, undiagnosed. So there's a lot of you walking around, not even being diagnosed, told you're normal, everything's fine. And you're like, but wait, I'm gaining weight and I'm fatigued all the time. And then of those ones that are, are diagnosed, like me, in the beginning, you're probably put on T4 only the wrong treatment. So now you get the diagnosis. You're all happy because somebody told you what was wrong and they gave you a pill. That's my story. After being misdiagnosed for six times, the seventh doctor gave me the pill, gave me the diagnosis. Here's your T4. I gave it five months, no change, not a pound lost. So that is what we see in our medical system. It's not just me. It's many of you out there because I see it over and over and over again. There are being people diagnosed. There are new people diagnosed every single day. There are new people coming into our group every single day. Hey, I'm a newbie here. I was just diagnosed. Or, hey, I'm a newbie. And I'm just waking up to the fact that I can be better. It's not normal to gain weight. It's not normal to not be able to lose weight. It's not normal to be fatigued. And I will tell you, it's not your fault. It is your fault. If you don't go through this checklist, it is your fault if you rely on your endo. It is your fault if you're on T4 only and you do nothing. It is your fault if you overexercise and you undereat. But it's not your fault that you are where you are when you are actively, desperately searching for answers. When you know that this isn't right, you know this isn't acceptable, you know that you can't trust your endocrinologist. I don't care if it's a $25 copay or $100 copay. I don't care how much you're paying them or how much your insurance is paying them. You can't rely on people who don't know the thyroid. It's not your fault that you're here, but it's up to you to go through the checklist and make changes where changes are necessary. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together, 
You can click the link below in the show notes to book a discovery call. And there you'll be talking to a member of my team. They are an extension of me. They are amazing. And you and I will talk after that once we get you all signed up and you and I get to work together. All right. I hope to see you soon.